So in the past month, I watched a show based on comics where a woman busts out on her own to take control of the life she really wants, while others try to stop her by any means necessary. All the while, she's assembling a number of recognizable faces and quirky characters that cause chaos and mess with the audience's expectations. But enough about the Harley Quinn animated show. Boom goes the dynamite! Mike, that one's for you. back in my day my name is david petrangelo and we're back just a couple days after our last recording um i'm joined by michael r power ian walter gentlemen we're back because um i guess it's is this is this our version of a special occasion <laughs> as promised <laughs> back as promised our as spectacular as well. episode yeah yeah <laughs> just just needing just needing to talk about something that we really feel like we need to talk about um so we're just uh, about four to eight hours removed or even less than that since we've watched the WandaVision finale. So we wanted to hold off talking about the show until the very end. I think it kind of makes sense that we did. And mm-hmm. um, that's basically what we're going to talk about. We're going to spend the next half hour, roughly 40 minutes and just sort of go on about that. I have a distinct feeling that you guys are going to have more to say about it than I will, just based on, I think, your more extensive knowledge of all this stuff. But uh well, I have a distinct feeling that you might have more to say about it than you maybe did when you anticipated it back in 2020. Uh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because 14 months ago, as as uh, as I put up in previous clips and as I en- entered into the previous episode, um, I just had zero friggin' interest in this show. <laughs> just none. Um, and that changed actually only maybe six months after that. You know, I didn't even have to watch the first episode to really be uh, more interested in it i think just learning more about it and uh and watching some movies and other shows and stuff like that since then i think it made a difference so um and i want to say at the front i need your guys help because um as you know i like ranking things and i try to watch every tv show even before this marvel shows based on comic books that's made based on comic book and i'm having a hard time figuring out where wandavision lies in my personal top five and i think it cracks the top five but i'm having a hard time slotting like strictly it for marvel shows so as far as series go bit. it's a bit unique in that respect right it's not yeah. a direct adaptation of anything no i'm saying I, I have a list i have a list of tv shows based on okay. comic books or comic book characters that's okay. how you so fit that's how you fit the list yeah and there's there's like 30 of them probably not specific to marvel uh my top five right now are uh, legion uh, watchmen you know, yeah. the, the boys, um, Daredevil, okay, and yeah, Doom Patrol. Nice. Great That's my yeah. top five I, right now. I'm still the one who hasn't watched yeah. the boys. I still need to get to it. But um, okay, so then, Ian, we I have think when work- I finish the boys, the boys make the list. I don't, um, I did respond to your tweet. I'm trying to figure out what my top five is as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was, it was Daredevil. Actually, was number one. Daredevil was third really for me. Uh, Smallville has a special place in my nice. heart. Watch- and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is also a great. Uh, sort of MCU adjacent series that it's not done by Marvel Studios, but it is based in that world. Yeah. And Jessica Jones, uh, all the uh, Netflix series were pretty good, save for maybe Iron Fist. But even uh, myself, I can get a, a little bit of enjoyment about all these Marvel shows. So, nice. but yeah, th- those would be them. And then the boys would probably factor its way into there once I actually finish it. Once so. you finish it up and stuff. Yeah. 
Well then if Mike is so straught about this, Ian, we have some work to do. That's our, we have, we have homework within the next half hour. How about that? Sounds good to me. <laughs> Just to get Mike to figure out where it's going to rank. <laughs> but all I was meaning about it being unique yeah, and I'll is say, that going basically the... most of these shows are based off of comic books. I mean, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. not really, but everything else is it an adaptation of a comic book. This is a comic book property that's kind of forging its own path. Kind of, It's yes, drawing inspiration true. from the comics, but it's, it's creating a new story in my life. Yeah, it's a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so. Well, I mean, a lot of them are not direct. Yeah, yeah. the movies are lifts from comics. They're just inspired by mostly the characters, right? And that's what I look for. I look for, you know, it doesn't have to hit the storyline beat by beat, but is it getting to the heart of the character and representing the characters from the comics like properly? Right. That's one thing I kind of look for. Um, and some shows like do that horribly like well, <laughs> Iron Fist, but uh, some like my top shows like especially especially Watchmen is not based at all on any sort of comic book property it's actually it's actually yes, goes against right. the wishes of the yeah. creators of the creator it's the shining even. of Tony. but it does such a good job <laughs> yeah it 100% is the shining and I mean all all Alan Moore's like movies are like that but um, this one actually does a good job taking what he did and like pertaining what was so good about it, but for it being for the modern yeah. day. And we talked about it a lot in the podcast and it, it's, yeah, it's my number two right now. And I'm, this is the one I'm having a hard time. This is the exact one I'm having a hard time figuring out if one division sits in okay. above or below watch. Okay. So, um, that's, okay. That's so, so that's a good, a good segue to just, I think what we do, Mike, is we start with your feelings Right. I mean, and I mean, Ian, assess them while mm -hmm. we talk about ours. <laughs> and, and I also especially like that this is week to week and we got those first yes. two episodes up top. Um, but maybe it'll be a good uh, exercise to just maybe speak quickly on our first impressions from those first two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, we could start with that. Yeah. I think that's actually not a bad idea. I mean, for me, I'll, I can do, I can do it fairly quickly. For me, um, immediately because I don't I don't know that it's all the way through but I, I do feel like a lot of the movies and a lot of these shows they're not the same but they feel same-ish to me in some some aspects because it's the superhero they have their their powers I know some of them are origin stories there's only so much you can do with those sometimes but uh this was not that you know obviously because it's a continuation from the movies and because they're they're following along with the storyline but I find I find that uh, doing something different is enough to get me into it more than it would be if it's just another, here's how they got their powers. And here's, you know, it's, it's, that was enough for me that, that these two, one, it looked unique. They had a unique approach to what they were doing. You had a lot of questions, which I always kind of enjoy. Um, I'm fine with, you know, having a mystery and, and what's going on and felt like a fun mystery as well. So I think those first couple episodes and the first three really even more so, um, were uh, were great. I thought it was a great start. If it was a fun start, I thought it was um, so different that I was ready for more, even though I knew I had a feeling it wasn't going to stay like that the entire time. Um, and we know it didn't, but uh, but I liked it. I like having something different and something kind of goofy, I guess, in some ways, um, with little sprinkles of, of what we're familiar with at the same time. So yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I agree with you in that respect. And I, I like how it was completely different from all of the films, of course, there's 23 films in the MCU. A lot of them follow a similar formula. Uh, this one, I, I really appreciated how they found they found a way to strike a, strike a balance in the series with still accomplishing what the movies were able to do, but along the way, 
they had their own kind of uh, tone and, and vibe to it, but they also uh, worked in the the things that we come to expect from a Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe property, right? So, yeah, yeah I just, uh, I, I really liked those first three episodes, like you said. Uh, it was a slow build. That first episode was uh, really committed to sort of the sitcom uh, atmosphere, and it wasn't until sort of the very end of the first episode that it started to get a little weird yeah just the last um, seven minutes or something and like and i liked the way that it was like a slow reveal and, and the mystery took its time to unravel as the episode went on so yeah, yeah. definitely i uh, was really uh enamored with this show right from the beginning yeah mike um similar feelings i assume yeah then... i loved it from the yeah, I loved it from the start. I think it started really, really strong with that with that unique idea of of, base, of uh, you know being based on old sitcoms. But and somehow they, somehow Marvel they're so smart they like have this show where they can have their two characters acting like they're in a sitcom and parodying and copying old sitcoms over the generations, and it makes sense in the universe. You know what I mean? Like that's such a cool thing they pulled off. And so I thought the start was really, really strong. I was with it the whole way through. And then going into the finale, I was like, you know, is it going to stick to the landing? Is it going to be the best comic book show ever made? Um, and then it's with the finale that I'm having, that I'm sorry, that I'm having Oh, Ian doesn't like issues. that. <laughs> I'm on the I should put it. It's still. I'm still in the clouds. It's still a five out of five. Show. <laughs> You're still up there or with five them? Out of five yeah, five yeah. star. <laughs> yeah, it's still an excellent show. I'm like debating if yeah, it's like number yeah. one or number, or number two or number three, right? I'm not debating all, yeah. like, is it a good show? It's a love the show. It's amazing. It's just did it do enough? Okay, to be so than so let's talk shows. about that. Let's That's... talk about a little bit of like the journey towards the finale too, because there's a lot in there that I think was really great as well, and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and how well, they, we... they they take you out of the the hex, I guess is what we're, what they're gonna keep calling it or what we're gonna keep calling it. So when they take you out of that, there's a lot of stuff going on. The 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 relationship between them and and you know a big reveal of a of I guess. Is, is she considered the next Captain Marvel? Is that basically how it works? Um, you know, all of right. that stuff. Like, like, was that journey to before the finale worth it? Or I guess before the final two episodes almost. Um, yeah, and funny enough, the Monica Rambo storyline yeah. was the one that was kind of like the traditional um, yes, heroes exactly. uh, journey kind of, uh, you know, uh, origins. Or exactly. Origin story. They, they stuck they, in an origin story. Like Backdoor yeah. uh, Monica Rambo movie, right? So, yep. Yep. so, so yeah. So th there was that. The first act was basically the first three episodes, and we were staying inside the hex. And then once it was revealed that Geraldine was, of course, from outside, and she's an agent of Sword, um, then we go back. And I thought that fourth episode was one of my favorites of the series because it had that awesome cold open, where basically we got a sequence from the events of Endgame essentially when they re-snap back and Monica Rambo materializes out of thin air in a hospital and it's chaos. It's not played as comedy like it was in Spider-Man Far From Home. It's actually like a really dark look at uh, some of the ramifications. Yeah, it was really well done because we haven't really, we haven't seen that otherwise, right? And unless it was uh, Spider-Man, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I so like I, I really loved that episode because mm -hmm. then, it, you know, it really set up Monica Rambo, and that might be one of the things that the only thing that I could say was maybe a negative on the finale as a whole is that um, they had such a great build for her character and then she didn't do much in the final episode, but I think most of her work was done getting Wanda mm -hmm. to that point uh, of the penultimate episode when she's uh, dealing with Agatha and reliving her memories and 
the whole point of the series, which is about grief, right? So Monica was instrumental in sort of being that juxtaposition of how you deal with one's grief. And then, you know, addressing whether or not the fact that Scarlet Witch is a villain or otherwise, right? So yeah, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, the uh, I, I thought it was good too. I, I really liked. Definitely. Um, I think I think the first like four episodes are still sort of like my favorite ones. I don't know if it's because they were the most different or the most atypical. Um, I still like the entire journey. I still think the show is like great and everything, but I it lost me a little bit in those like how much were there eight episodes? There's eight episodes, right? I think. Um, I think it lost me just a touch towards it was, the. It was nine episodes. Nine. So yeah. like this sort of six, six, seven, eight. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't love them. Um, I didn't, I honestly didn't love the penultimate episode. I, I was just like, Oh, this is um, uh, what's it called? Oh my God. Christmas Carol. You know that like, this is a Christmas Carol. Step. This is exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly but, what it was. Uh, right. You, you come with the person or the ghost that's taking you to it. They're going to explain why. I mean, obviously for different reasons, but it just felt like, Oh, I'm watching the Christmas Carol, but without, you know the christmas tree i, I was floored <laughs> like, personally i was floored by that episode because like the fourth episode it was the most it felt the most connected to the the greater mcu and like it kind of goes yeah. back and shows you yeah uh, in a new light some of these events that we've all known from age of ultron and all these other movies right yep. so uh definitely felt like uh an appendix to the avengers films because of those reveals yeah, no, that was, I mean, that was, that's kind of the point. And I think it's, a, I, I don't mind those episodes, the ones that go back to the past and stuff. I, I'm fine when series do that in general, but I don't know. I felt like, uh, I don't know, be, I think the format of it for some reason bothered me. I don't know why I didn't want to see a Christmas Carol episode in this yeah. show. I don't know what it was. Well, how could you not Weird. love that uh, quote that's setting the internet ablaze from uh, Vision where he says, you know, oh. what is grief if not love? Yeah. So. I mean, okay, sure. That's fine. I mean, that was, I that was a don't... pretty touching moment. But... Yeah. And the opening with uh, showing you Salem, I know it's a little bit of a like, kind of a touchy area in American history, but, uh, you know, they go back to 1693 Salem and they're showing instead of a, you know, a traditional witch hunt, it's like actual witches, witches uh, yeah. involved. And then I thought, it, you know, regardless of how you felt, how that moment made you, uh, what the impact of that was, I thought it was nice that by the end of it, they touched on it again, where Agatha actually says when she lifts up the sword agents and drops them and she goes, you know, she says, you know, it's the same story, just different century. And she's saying that, like, you know, we're, we're no longer going to be in uh, handcuffs kind of thing. So, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they go back to and they go back to that exact location and stuff too in time. So, um, yeah. OK, so before we get to the finale and sort of what all this stuff sort of means and stuff, Mike, what about you? What about the journey there to that? Yeah, I'll tell you what I really liked about it is that it reminded me of something that's done in the comics where it's like a character and they get their own little spin-off solo series. And then it's much. this is much more of a Wanda and it's called WandaVision, but it's much more of a Wanda story. And it does what happens in comics a lot where it's like you take a character, maybe you take an X-Men or an Avenger and you give them their own title. And then in that title, you find out more about the character a lot of times it's tied to their past and their history and they're on their own little side adventure, but the things they do tie into, you know, the overall bigger comic book universe. And that's exactly what this is. It's like Wanda's little story. You're like, it's like retconning a little bit or like telling you a little bit more about her origin story, about the mind stone and how she got her powers, which was sort of like a throwaway the proper line way in to Ultron. Do a retcon in my mind. Um, but actually, yeah, it's not really like elaborating. It's just, it's just what I yeah. said. It's just like, you're figuring out more about the past because it's her solo shedding it's new her solo light on story. It. 
And so I love all that. I love how it, yeah, shooting the light on it and how it fits perfectly into the universe that's already there. It's not really retconning and erasing anything. It just fits perfectly in. It just tells you more of her story and you get to know more of her background. So then when you go back and watch these movies, you have more context of where she's coming from. And I love what they do with her character where she's like, she's a tradition, originally a villain in the comics. And I love how in the movies and the MCU, it's always towing the line between like, she's an Avenger, but she's like, you know, she's like a borderline villain all the time. And that's how she always is in the, in the comic books too. And like, she, she's the, the character that's, you know, forced to suffer over and over and watch people close to her die over and over and over. And that's why she has this darkness to her. And that explains why she sometimes is, goes over the line or becomes sort of in that villain territory. So yeah, it's just, it, it, and then what it sets up for, then what the series sets up for the MCU, there's a lot of like big changes where if you don't watch this series, you're not going to pick up everything in the, in the future movies. And it also rewards you for being a, a viewer of everything in the MCU this far. So just that all that going into it just made it like so epic so awesome that a, a tv show has mcu movie quality on your like t- tv at home um so yeah i, I absolutely love this the series from yeah back. i think they I nailed it in the same awesome. way that the mandalorian nailed it for star wars it's a way of showing that you can continue the story on this medium and it's uh it's in ways Mm -hmm. more beneficial like you could always say i prefer the movies because it's contained story and you can get through it within a couple of hours but this is also another way of giving certain characters more screen time and more yeah yeah flesh out these characters that yeah don't get don't get all the screen time in the movies like she's only in the avengers movies so then you can really give like in a show like show us more and tell her story more so that now in the movies it's even more like she's even more of a better character a bigger character in the movies and um so i love how they're doing that with all their characters and they have disney plus to do the shows i'm just so on board for for every single one of them i think they're going to be awesome and yeah this is such a great start fantastic to the, to the it skyrocketed up to the top of my list because pick- like like dave i wasn't yeah. like obviously i'm going to watch all these mcu things but it wasn't on the top of my list of anticipated projects right but definitely uh mm-hmm. changed my mind on that one yeah, I mean, I, like it it changed my mind yeah. too. I, I don't yeah. think I'm like blown away by it, but I'm also not blown away by most of the MCU movies because I I just, I want, like, I don't want the fir- those first two episodes of the show, especially to be the whole show. I don't think that really makes any sense. And you don't, you don't explain anything. You're kind of not connected. Like the whole point of this is like, Mike, Mike like you said, it rewards you for watching and it feels like you're part of the mystery and it feels like you're, you're, you're learning more about these characters. Like all of that matters. That is why they're doing shows like this. And I think that's great. And I love the way that they did it in this show. For some reason, I don't know. I felt like I was a little bit up and down. Like, oh, this episode's great. Or this episode's starting great. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Oh, it's but it's great. Oh, it's going to, you know, I'm kind of going up and down a bit. So it wasn't a consistent level for me. And I, I just think it's because I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, I think she's great in it, but I don't really care about Scarlet Witch. I don't know why. And I still don't really care about that her and Vision together. I just like, I don't know. Although to me, as much as Catherine Hahn is incredible in this show and pretty much everybody is, I think it's great. The, the acting, the characters, I think they wrote them fantastically. Um, but I actually think that Paul Bettany is like the standout of this show. He was awesome. I think he's amazing. He was so good. It's funny you say that, Dave, because I was going to say that uh, one of the things that took away from the show is that the WandaVision Scarlet Witch is definitely the best love story in the MCU. Is it? Like, I don't know. I don't. I never. I never yeah. bought it in the movies. Like I never oh, yeah. at all. To me. But now people have said, you know, they haven't. 
that they didn't buy it because it's a scene here and there because they have to cram it in the movie. But allowing the series to really, you know, just start the two of them really shows you like. But I, I think I, maybe I'm just still sour on yeah. the movie part and maybe that's not fair. Um, I'm not saying that it is and I'm not saying that I'm right, but um, I, I don't know. I, I still th- I still think it's really good. And I still think that getting that extra time with them, like lots of extra time and kind of getting two versions of vision yeah in the show double vision yeah getting double vision in the show (laughs) i think makes it more interesting too yeah i think it makes it more interesting as well so i think that that's a good thing so um i i definitely don't think that it's like some throwaway i don't think it's like we shouldn't spend time with these characters i do appreciate that we spent more time and we learned more about them and all that kind of stuff so um i'm just not like up on this upper level with the show compared to you guys that's all it is you know I don't mean to take anything away from it because I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> I mean, we, we're oh, Marks yeah. anyways. You know, we're, we're comic book Marvel zombies from way back and big MCU fans. So this is like... The script itself I found really fascinating in the sense that you might not be able to get away with it with everything, but this one certainly worked because of the sitcom tropes and whatnot. Every line felt like it was handcrafted to mean more than one thing. Like it was, it really felt like... You know, in some series you watch and there's just dialogue for the sake of dialogue. This felt like every line was like, they really paid attention to detail. Yeah, the episodes are pretty tight. I mean, the, the longest one was around half an hour to 35 minutes, the finale. Like, you know, without the credits at the end that are like, seem to be 15 minutes long for some reason. Um, mm. Yeah. My favorite thing they're doing with these shows, and it goes for Disney Plus uh, Star Wars shows too, is that they're not forcing like, 22 episode series or what the Netflix ones did were yeah. forcing like 13 episode series. And, and there's there a lot of filler episodes. They're just using how many episodes they need to tell the story. And a lot of these series mm-hmm. are only going to be six episodes. This was only nine half hour episodes. And that's these days, you know, um, that's all you need. You don't need filler episodes anymore. You don't have to like fit us. Uh, yeah. You're not bound order, to a network fit in commercials. Right. So you get to just tell the story. You're not bound to it. So you, that's why TV shows are almost like, so much tighter and so much better these days and feel it was like the same thing with watchmen too because, it felt like it needed to be um, where it is yeah same thing with watchmen same thing with mandalorian too and the episodes in the mandalorian were just as long as they needed to be to tell the story they wanted to tell they weren't stuck to like every episode being 45 minutes or whatever right so that's really promising for the future of like television and shows on these streaming services i think more of them should do this obviously i think all three of us felt like the story was the right length i think they went yeah. to the right places all that stuff i think that makes it yeah. feel better and stuff as well so when you get to the finale did you guys um feel like ian did you feel like it went where you one i guess it doesn't matter if it went where you wanted it to go i think that that's not really like no you know fair one of the to, best to, parts of but, the week to week uh, <laughs> sort of setup is that you're constantly speculating each week like what what you where you think it could go and yeah. i think some of that is part of its downfall when you see some some of the reactions out there because maybe didn't go as big as some of them wanted to go but i kind of you know heading into the finale i appreciated the fact that without even realizing it they had set up the situation where you've got like at least three heroes at least three villains like they got they got a lot going on True. when you had, True. you know, Monica Rambo and uh, fake Pietro or Fietro. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, both visions. <laughs> and then you had, um, of course, Wanda and Agatha and then the twins as well running around. So there was a lot and Hayward. So there was a lot going on, right? It was like an Avengers yeah. level thing without even really realizing that that's what they were building. Until it to. all comes together in the um, last, uh, yeah. last half hour. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I, I do appreciate you know, reflecting upon it and having watched it again, that they stayed small and stayed, um, you know, they stuck with the story they were telling about Wanda's grief. And that was, 
that was the chief thing that they wanted to get across was, you know, how she processed this whole thing and how she comes out a different person uh, on the other side. So, yeah. Yeah. That's what makes it a great story too, that it's about something. It's about someone um, dealing with grief and PTSD and, you know, mental health and all this. And that's like the core. And then, and then the love story between Wanda and Vision, that's the, that's the core of the story. You need something like that to ground the story and to be what it's about rather than just comic book nonsense action. So they had that, right. And that is what makes the series overall just a beautiful series. And um, yeah, like I think you nailed it. And so, yeah, it's, to me, it's, it's like, it's amazing. It's five, it's hundred, yeah, whatever, hundred, five out of five. Um, I would say that the nitpicks that I had, if you want to get into sort of the small, smaller nitpicks, they're really minor, but the other two shows that are on top of my list, Legion and, and Watchmen, they're almost like perfect. So to beat them, you have to be perfect. And the thing about Watchmen and Legion is nothing that they do is conventional at all. They're like so, so unique and, and, and different. Whereas some of the aspects of WandaVision, like the whole sword, the whole sword being an yeah. evil organization, the mm. exact same way that S.H.I.E.L.D. is, feels very, 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 very generic and very like... Yeah, Hayward yeah, felt a little hollow, like, but at like, the at the very least, you can kind of yeah. tell that sword is bigger than just him, right? So it sounded like he was he was running with the ball and he kind of dropped yeah. it in that sense. But uh, but sword itself doesn't feel like an evil organization like Hydra or Shield. Exactly. Ones, yeah, right? that's, that's yeah. But it is. But you're yeah, right, Mike. I think not. the conventional thing is is part of the what the what throws me off about some of the movies and stuff too. It's just like okay, another one of these or another one of these. You know. Um, it, it happens in comics. It happens in big series. You know, you have to have some sort of evil entity sort of idea, I guess, in some of them. But it wasn't the main thing, right? And I think that that makes a difference too. It wasn't, yep. but it itself was very clunky. Like this whole Sh- Hydra taking over Shield in in um, in uh, Winter Soldier, I did not see coming. It was a huge, like, huge twist. Whereas I oh, nailed yeah. this guy from like the first episode of like ah, he's um, not nothing even this guy's not good like so that was the only thing but it's such a minor nitpick it, it doesn't matter you know he he was needed and it's a minor nitpick but i liked how they gave you more information towards the end where you find out that he's actually trying to get wanda to engage in and uh bring vision back for his own purposes and then you know you thought that she had stolen his body because he kind of doctored the footage or made it seem like she did. And then, and then of course he's holding mm-hmm. on to the original vision and finds a way through her magic, through the drone to bring him back online. I thought that whole thing was really cool. Like that, that post credit scene. No, I uh, love that the too. Penultimate episode was like bonkers. Yeah. And in fact, yeah. I really wanted them to yeah. go down a dark road of maybe having like Ultron come back as well in the MCU. Ooh. I thought that would have been really <laughs> dope. <laughs> Then that uh, becomes a bigger thing. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of the yeah. only thing that I can really, it's not even a nitpick. It's just like, oh, they didn't do the theories that I had. Like, that's what most people, yeah. They, you didn't do the thing I wanted. You're, yeah, I'm going to hold that against you, show. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. there was no Mephisto? What do you mean? I'm like, if we know anything about the MCU, if they really wanted, because they did lay the breadcrumbs and this and that, and it's hard to tell when you're watching a mystery like that, whether the, Easter eggs are just references and nods or they are actual meaningful tidbits. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and that's the thing. They can always, with the MCU, they can always go back and go, ah, this was Mephisto all along, you know what I mean? Like, so they, they can always do that. But right, like, right. I, I'm really not too bothered by that, so. No, no. I, and that's that's more like, again, like, I'm, like I said before, I think when I was asking you before, it's not that it didn't meet what you wanted it to be or your expectations. It's not their job. Their job is to create a good story, and that's what they did. And they wrapped yeah. it up in the right time, like we said, and, yeah. you know, kept it, kept it contained within literally the within space the <laughs> and they yeah. have a tough job they have a tough job because they know that these people are going through frame by frame and trying to pick things out so they throw you but that was kind of my point is some of the references were um, like are they just yeah. doing this to te-? like they're literally trying to tease fans like they're like they're like because oh, like there are specific yeah. mephisto references in there and whatever but I, again, like I said, if they want to bring him into the MCU, it's a really easy to shoehorn him in now that they have those. Yeah. Those so I guess work, my so. my thing with the finale it was yeah. is sort of like like an after afterwards. Like I liked the finale. I thought it was actually really good. I really liked um, uh, the two visions fighting. I thought and and their little little speech to each other in the library or wherever they were. Like their little talk to to each other. I thought that, that that was actually my favorite part. Of yeah, the ship the, of Theseus? That was yeah, amazing. Yeah, that part, just their fight in general was like my favorite part, I think, of the whole episode. Um, okay. Okay, I want to talk about this part a little bit because I'm having a hang-ups on, yeah. hang on this part a little bit. Nip, nitpicks. And it's that um, that vision, you guys can help me, maybe I missed something. That vision in the sitcom world, he is supposed to have no memory because he said at one point, he doesn't remember anything from before. So how did he give the memories to the white vision? That's what I'm stuck with. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong too, but I, I thought about that too, because my first reaction was mm. the same as yours. Like, wait, he's not supposed to have memories of any of that stuff that he, but what he did do was right. he said to um, vision that uh, actual he, vision, yeah. yeah, actual vision that he, um, he did think he was a true vision until he saw him. So then he basically then realize like, you know, you're a carbon-based life form and it's not as easy to erase those databanks in your, you're a complicated synthesoid, right? So he was able to tap into his own memory banks to release the memories for both of them, I think. Oh yeah. See, so I, I read it as just the actual vision had his memories. So basically he realized, like you said, I, I read it as he, he realized that he wasn't the real vision. You know, he was a fabrication, I guess you could say. And he was able to activate those memory banks or whatever description he used for that. And then, but then my question is, then he just, he just flies away. And like, you don't, but I think he says, where did white vision go? go? Where did ghost vision go? Like what, what the fuck? I think he says, I think he says, I am vision. So whatever vision was doing up to that point where he got killed, he's now back and he's, he's devoid of, He's gray vision, like West Coast Avengers style from the comics, and he's devoid of emotion. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have emotional ties anymore, but he has the memories. So maybe he's going off to do some other mission that's like important to the the Marvel universe or something. But where? Yeah. Well, the thing that that they didn't explain. So I'll just go back because, like, number one, okay, he unlocks his memory somehow. I think that's fine. That's set up, but set up throughout the show by that the vision in the world being able to tap people and give them their memories. So that's kind of set up. So I understand that. I can understand that little piece. What I understand is how the vision in the show got the memories back, unless they were transferred from white vision. None of that's explained, but I guess we can go with it because he seems at the end to have his memories back because he says like, I was once a voice with no body. And then but I was even a if body, he didn't share those memories so, and get them as well, he did have the conversation with Darcy. So he knows a bit about his history. 
Yeah, he knows a bit about. So maybe he learned it there. Okay. He wasn't being tricked to care about her and the kids. You know, he actually did. He didn't need the memories to care about them. Mm -hmm. He went through that roller coaster and that experience himself. So I don't know that he has memories back. He has mm. the feelings. I don't think he needs the memory to have those feelings. Right. I think he activated the memories in the real vision. to know. And, but I, I just don't understand where he went. Yeah. Like, he's just gone. <laughs> and the thing they're not explaining is that uh, there was a scene in Endgame where it's like Sh- uh, Shuri did, like, could have downloaded yeah, she was the vision's memory. And so like, yeah, so like, it would make sense. They just had to show one little scene of like them with that data from Wakanda and them, you know, holding it behind like a firewall or something in the white vision. Like they did none of that. So that it didn't really come through. I was like, is that, is that the real vision? Because Shuri downloaded his memories and then, you know, sword was holding them back from him. Like they didn't explain that properly. So that's left a lot to people for people to be able to nitpick and for people to fill in the blanks. So I kind of like, and then the vision, yeah, if he if he becomes the real if his mission is to kill the vision, well, that's, yeah, and um he gets the memory back and figures out he is the vision, then why didn't he like kill himself? I thought that so was that's what be I loved about that, that exchange. Vision in the world That's what I really right? liked about that so. scene. That whole exchange is like the whole they, they established mm-hmm. what this logic problem is of the ship of Theseus and basically um fake vision or Wanda's vision, um, uh, you know, outlogicked him. And then once he was sort of awake to that. No, he, but they he even he even tried to like trick him back. If you if you pay attention to what they were saying, he was like, "So you think you're the true vision?" And that that moment, I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna try and take him out again if he cops to it." And he's like, "No, no longer." And he's like, "They're going back and forth." So he's kind of making him realize that he's he shouldn't yeah. be, uh, like he shouldn't uh, be owned by sword. He should be his own thing, right? Like, yeah. So they, I that was a great like an awesome like way to defeat the vision through this like not through fighting but through this like mind logic puzzle right but like the thing is they didn't take it to its conclusion that the viewer took it of like oh his mission is to kill vision the new vision has convinced the white vision that he is actually the real vision so therefore his mission should be to kill himself they didn't they didn't solve that or resolve that for the viewer and like what what like isn't that the conclusion that the white vision would come to and if that's the conclusion what did he do about that like that's that's what's missing (laughs) they have to fill that in and yeah what did he fly have to do and it, so if he's if he's still beholden by the sword programming to kill vision they should have flown off and killed himself if he got his memories and became back to the original vision then he should have yeah. gone and helped wanda i don't understand what he did go for a walk and you'll find what's going on exactly. and, yeah, so that's, yeah. i kept laughing at how foolish hayward seemed like the programming was so basic like kill the vision and it's like you didn't think this through like i just thought it yeah. was so funny like yeah because exactly. he's just like yeah. yeah go kill the vision he's like well yeah. he's the vision. classic <laughs> bad guy flaw you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah well i think i think unfortunately it's it this is just their way of getting the vision back in the universe after thanos killed them and they didn't they don't even have all the answers or it really thought out and yeah they'll have to think about it and they'll have to hopefully leave pick up on these unresolved things yeah. and, and answer them at some point, which the MCU is good at doing. Yeah, so I'm happy to see I him again. I like him as an actor and character, and I think he does it well. And I think this series shows you that like he's perfect for mm-hmm. it. Like they've done so well with casting in general. He's just another example of that. So I'm, I'm happy to see what they do. With and there's next, another piece sure. to the finale with the, um, was it not the post-credit, but the mid-credit scene when they're still in the hex and Jimmy Woo's like sort of taking care of business. Um, I felt that that, scene in particular paid homage to both iron man and spider-man far from home 
the entirety of the Infinity Saga when it dealt with Monica Rambeau in sort of the Nick Fury role, but communicating with a scroll about Nick Fury in space. I thought that was amazing. Oh, in like, space, just because yeah. it goes back to yeah, Iron cool. Man. Where so she's going to be in Secret Invasion. Iron Man into the Avengers Initiative, but then it also goes to the end of the Infinity Saga when they're talking about Nick Fury and the Skrulls in space and what's next. So I thought that was sick. She was really good in the show. So it'd be fun to see her do more because she's basically Captain Marvel. Am I right about that? I don't, I don't fully Yeah, know. I mean, she, she has many names in the comics, but she did go by Captain she, Marvel before she, she's Carol Danvers hero. ever did. Yeah. And, uh, and, and she goes by like Photon, which is, you saw Maria Photon Rambo on the black. Oh, on the wall. yeah, that's right. But that's I what I was trying to, I was trying to think of what it was. That's the closest yeah. name out of all of her names. So, um, but yeah. Cool, yeah. Well, yeah, pretty but cool the, definitely the showcase of her powers with the bullets phasing through that was pretty sick too and we got speed and wiccan for the young avengers like mike was saying so so my question about the kids is they're gone right because the yeah. simulation is gone if you want to call it that the hex the simulation so they're setting that up for young avengers correct that's sort of that's yeah i believe characters so. are so does she have kids again and those <laughs> have those powers like where how do they, they, is there a way for them to come back well, without them being in that? Cause that's, that's what she battles with in that final, you know, that's what, um, uh, oh my God. Oh. Agatha's thing is, is that, you know, it's, right. it's your family or it's not, you know, you have to make a choice kind of thing, which yeah, I love too. I thought that was great. It's always good when you're, you're pushing your heroes to make those kind of hard make choices. Those choices so. Yeah. Which I actually, for some reason, I didn't see that, that sort of like a dilemma coming to her, but I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> So I think this is the part of the series that might reward um, the more dedicated. I know even for something like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was never with it. Like I dropped off after like three seasons and it's gone about seven seasons now. So I've been back into it and just just out of pure coincidence, I'm on season four while WandaVision is going on and they're dealing directly with the Darkhold, which is not... Um, necessarily a direct link uh, via the MCU um, because WandaVision doesn't have any onus to like harken back to that, if, right. if that makes sense. Right. But in the same, but, but it does set up what that Darkhold represents. And it's basically just a magical book that has like the most darkest of energy. And if you dive into it, you essentially become a little bit dark yourself. Like you become a villain because you've been awakened to all this uh, potential. Right. And uh, you, you're not necessarily strong enough mentally to uh, to withstand that to temptation. So, yeah. So they do touch on that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I believe Runaways is another one that the specific book has been used over and over. But they specifically, I think, by design, changed the look of it so that they didn't necessarily have to uh, commit to anything that's been done with it before, Previously, but yeah. they did call it the Dark World, so it is the same book, and it's basically a magical book. I think in Doctor Strange, if you go back and look at all the books when he's kind of in the library, mm -hmm. there is one missing from there, so that very well could be the Dark World that they're referencing there. So when Agatha gets upset or terrified, really, that um, Scarlet Witch has made this sort of transcendent leap. Yeah, uh, from you know Wanda to the Scarlet Witch, it's because now if she does dive into this dark magic, she ha does have the potential to be the sort of the destroyer or the harbinger of chaos and the most powerful 
being on the, the which planet, she basically, right? so, which Ega was convinced she, or in the universe. she already is, right? Like she says that yeah. she is, she just isn't, she isn't but this is a way for her to exactly to like learn more about it. And, and so that's the whole thing is that, yes, they've disappeared the kids, but they made a point to make it that she actually made them. They are real. They're not just figments of her imagination. Um, vision was also real, but again, the deal came with, okay, well now that has to go away. But, you know, we touched on the mid-credit scene. Now we're going to the post-credit scene and she's off in a cabin. And while she's sort of, it looks like she's sitting on the porch and then she goes inside, but she's also got maybe an astral projection of herself yeah. learning and yeah. same studying as the Strange. dark world, the same that dark, Dr. Strange was doing when he was becoming the Sor- Sorcerer Supreme. So you do hear the boys saying mom, mommy or something like that when she's reading that book. And so I think her next mission, whether or not she realizes it's going to maybe push her into full-blown supervillain is to go and retrieve her kids, whether it's through the multiverse or whatnot. So I do believe we're going to, I do believe this was set up for her involvement in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I I think that that's kind of her next goal is like, she, like I, I always think about Tony Stark and how he didn't, he was so resistant to help with the time travel stuff in Endgame because he didn't want to lose what he had gained in those five years. Right. He didn't want to lose his daughter. Right. So he wanted to retrieve what was lost, but he didn't want to lose what he found. So basically she's now in this position where she at all costs wants to go and bring her kids back, whether it's um, from this reality or from another one. And that's, that's the whole point of the, I also, we didn't touch on the commercials. They were fascinating too. How it was just kind of like a journey through Wanda's life. And it started off with like her origins. And then we kind of got into a place where it was starting to look to the future, look like towards the end of them. There were six commercials in total. I don't know if that's coincidence with six infinity stones, but they each did touch on different aspects of her life. Right. And one of them, I think it was the last one was the pharmaceutical one. It was talking about the, the drug called Nexus. And when it, when you think about Nexus, um, there's a minor reference in Age of Ultron to it being like an internet hub, but that's a very like earthly uh, definition. Um, Nexus in the comics, it, it refers to the connection point of all reality. And therefore, if you're a Nexus being, you have the ability to travel basically interdimensionally throughout the entire universe no, and all easily, of the yeah. multiverse. So yeah, hmm. so something like that. So there's a little, little, breadcrumbs laid out those are those are fun those commercials were were fun i like them (laughs) and they fit with the era they were in you know they had like a different sort of style commercial depending on what sitcom they were playing with that week or whatever so yeah um, the first the first one i actually speculated on the stark toaster was the missile that didn't go off when uh yeah when their family was attacked in sokovia and they paid that off nicely so yeah that was was cool too they brought you back to that part and everything yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I guess, guys, we just, uh, we really liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of what it came down to. Um, lots to talk about. Almost almost like uh, we could go on forever, but um, there's lots of Easter eggs and, and lots of connections. But um, I think overall, just, just it was a great series. It had great message um, as Marvel's debut series. It's probably going to sit, even after talking, third for me in overall comic book TV shows, but still an excellent, you know, five-star show. Still recommend it to everyone. And I'm excited for what's to come and seeing if they can even do something better and get the top of the list there for me. And uh, maybe, maybe the next series, Falcon and Winter Soldier, 
something we can get together and talk about again and yeah, see we where will. it fits. I, I think it's going to be a different, a, a slightly different yeah. type of show, but not in a bad way. You know, I think you're going to get a little bit, to me, I'm, I'm expecting it to feel a little bit more like the movies. Um, maybe it's because of the two characters that are in it. I don't, I don't know. Mm. And did you notice, their, have you been know. following along with the Legends series on uh, Disney Plus? I haven't yet. I want to though. I want to. So the cool thing that they did with that, I didn't really know what to make of it at first. They're doing basically little like six minute shorts, six to eight minute shorts for each character. And so, oh, yeah, that's where they're explaining their origins and things yeah. like that, right? Yeah and, yeah. and they're really well edited and they go through the entire journey. So, with WandaVision, obviously, they started off with Wanda and Vision. So, there's two episodes there. Now they have a Falcon episode and a Winter Soldier episode. And they're all really, I mean, it's all stuff you've seen before, but it's nice to have a refresher on what's going on. And the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is my most anticipated series now that WandaVision is concluded. But I must say, um, you know, to Mike's point, it is my favorite series overall. So uh, of the comic book uh, uh, television shows, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, my enthusiasm on the subject has, has more than uh, explained that away. But basically, <laughs> just, I don't know, they, they did many things. They were juggling all these balls in the air. But basically, they did tell a concise story, uh, you know, mainly about grief, mainly about uh, her love for WandaVision. And... Uh, yeah, they just they also found a way to weave it into the greater narrative that is the MCU, that is phase four and set it off on a, a nice little journey. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think this makes me more excited for the shows in general, even if they're not mm. related to these characters. So I think it did it like you said before we we hit record, like I think this show did its job for me mm. um, being not excited at all and then enjoying pretty much all the way through it. You know, like enjoying right. it enough that this was a show I really liked. And I don't have a ranking of, of, uh, of you know, comic book or superhero shows because I haven't watched nearly enough of them is one thing. But also, um, I, I, I this would be up there, I would say, from what I have watched. And I haven't finished a lot of them, too. So but mm. but it's definitely something I really enjoyed. So, um, yeah, it makes me more excited for the TV shows coming up this year, which which means it already did its job in some ways. Mm. Disney already did its job on me. So it already nice. it made it work. So um, well, if anyone's watching WandaVision and they're not so in tune with the comics or with the MCU itself and want a little bit more background, I am I am, have been writing recaps on the episodes uh, and I've put those up on the link up on Twitter. My Twitter is at Doc Doom, uh, Ian Walter on Twitter. So Boom. if you if you want to check out any more of that stuff. That's perfect, there. man. Nice. That's the blog is called uh, Marvelous Movie Magic. Nice. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Perfect plug, man. That's right. Okay. So for our <laughs> plug for the, for the, uh, for the show, if you haven't necessarily uh, subscribed or watched or, or listened to too much, we're uh, at day back in on all the uh, social media platforms on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Mostly uh, we are getting our Twitch channel up and running a little bit more in the last little while. We had a little bit of a mini hiatus type of thing, but we're playing a lot of random stuff, I would say. Um, but, uh, but playing as much as we can, whether it's on PC or Xbox or PlayStation or whatever, but that's uh, back in my day games. And uh, yeah, if you find us in your podcast app, feel free to tell your friends and give us a rating and stuff. And uh, anyone who are already out there has done that. Thank you very much. And um, look out for us on YouTube as well. Back in my day, we're putting up a couple small videos, some funny stuff, some, some random episodes and ideas that I've come up with for, uh, for things and some let's plays that we've had recorded from from our uh, Twitch channel and stuff as well. So lots of stuff going out there. We're just doing it all for fun and hopefully people enjoy it. And um, yeah. 
we we have this out there. Hopefully, people liked our, our our thoughts on it and everything. And we'll probably do this again for the next Marvel uh, series. Yeah, and I, I foresee deep dives on all things Marvel. And I think so. We might as well, <laughs> man. You know what? Yeah. We might as well. So, um, so next time we'll catch up on maybe some of the stuff we've been watching and and uh, and playing and all that, and uh, and dive back into our childhood a little bit more because I think. The more and more we get into spring, the more and more there's like releases to talk about and stuff from uh, from the good old days. So we're going to get into that a little bit more too. But until that time, Ian, thanks very much. Mike at the run. So we'll thank, thank you. Thank Mike anyway for that. And uh, we'll talk to everybody next.